A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I have exciting news. First of all, it is 12.18 a.m. on Saturday morning, and I'm trying to get this out before I go to work tomorrow, which is actually today. So um, because I've been late so often, I was like, no matter what happens, this is going out before I go to bed. So, yeah, because of that, I could not do another 50-minute long episode, which actually it was 51 minutes last week. And then I cut it down because I was like, man, there's a lot of nonsense in here. So I apologize about that. I've made some changes on the mixer. And so hopefully you can't hear me breathe like you used to be able to. Hopefully that's kind of corrected itself or I've corrected that. Let's turn it up just a little bit here. So because um, that really, I don't know if it bugged you, but it really bugs me when I listen back and all I can hear is my buffalo breathing. It drives me bananas. Unfortunately, I was not smart. I bought a really nice mic. I think I got the Yeti mic. Sorry. I got the Yeti mic with the XLR, but it's a condenser mic and not a dynamic mic. Apparently, I've been learning about mics and I should have gone the other way. And this is a $200 mic. It's not cheap. I think it sounds really good, but definitely picks up all of my breathing. Like even if I go off just a little bit, it picks up all that noise, which is great. If you're recording on one mic with a bunch of people, it's not so great if you are um, apparently me, who is a heavy breather, didn't know that, but apparently I am. Uh, what else here? Oh, and today is the last day that I'm recording on Adobe Audition because Apple, thank God for Apple, Apple decided to release its Logic um, in an education pack. They released Logic Pro uh, Final Cut and a bunch of other apps, three, three or four smaller apps, in one bundle for two hundred dollars. If you're a student or a teacher or a um, educational place where people learn to study, I don't know. It's twelve eighteen. Can't expect my brain to work that good. Educational institution, uh, you could pay two hundred dollars for what would probably cost you five or six hundred dollars. Well, more than five hundred dollars for sure, because the Final Cut Pros. and Logic is $200. So for $200 total, you get two programs, Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro, for a total of, that's a total of $500 right there. And then you also get um, 
these other additional little things. Why is this important? I hate Adobe Audition. I love Adobe Photoshop. I love Adobe Illustrator. Pretty fond of Adobe After Effects, but I hate, hate, hate Adobe Audition. It is the bane of my existence for podcasting. I actually get a little bit of anxiety when I know that I have to record on Adobe and set this all up. So hopefully Logic Pro will go a lot easier. Another good thing is I can reduce my monthly uh, subscription payments by $30 because I can just cut this one out and I won't do Adobe anymore. I'll just I'll figure something else out for my Photoshop replacement and my, um, what's the other thing, uh, Illustrator replacement, which there's two apps out there that I, I'm thinking about using anyway. And I'll probably put those on my other podcast called Oblivious. So if you're looking to learn about cool things that I think are cool, check out my other podcast, Oblivious. Okay, so it sounds like I'm really caffeinated, and I kind of am. Uh, my oldest, Sierra, she's 21, just turned 21. We went to a uh, puppet slam tonight. And if you've never been to a puppet slam, you should definitely go because they're super fun. They're not for kids. They're definitely adult. This wasn't too crude or or pornographic or anything like that. That would be weird. But it was definitely adult, and it had adult humor and adult situations. And there were some uncomfortable spot parts, um, but for the most part, uh, all the performers did great. It was really, really fun to watch. It was two hours. It was $10 plus a $4 beer. I, I don't know how I can get much cheaper than that. I paid like 20 bucks, 21 bucks for dinner for the two of us, $20 to get into the puppet show, and $8 on alcohol. That's a pretty cheap night. Uh, I don't normally, I, can, I don't even think my wife and I, and we're pretty reasonable when we go out, I don't even think we can get that cheap for just dinner, just in general. It's pretty expensive to eat in most of the places here in Phoenix. But it was fun. It was a very unique and eclectic crowd, which made that even more fun. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really, really bizarro show. It was so much fun. I I don't want to... I like that kind of thing. So I don't want to get too much into it because it's a puppet show. And we're not here to talk about puppets. But it was fun. So if you live in Phoenix or you come into Phoenix, check out the Arizona Puppet Theater. Uh, They only have one and uh, check out their Adult Slam. And then if you're coming with kids, also go, because we take our kids all the time to the puppet shows, and uh, they do a fantastic job. Because I am all over the place today. I have no roadmap. All right, so like I said before, I can't do 50 minutes tonight because I don't want to edit it down. And I'd like to go to sleep, and I kind of have to be awake for my job tomorrow. So um, let's start with some news. Not quite as many stories as yesterday. And there was, I mean, there was like 33 or 34 stories that I thought were really good. Some of them were duplicates. but So there was probably 33 or 34 on my Instagram, Instapaper queue. And uh, I put a lot of those... Those will go on the website tomorrow, the ones that didn't make it into the show. So if you want to see what I was looking at, there's a lot of really good stuff. It was hard for me to make choices uh, on what would be important and not important. So hopefully I made the right choice. <laughs> so let's start. Tesla Roddy reports, this is by Sadul. Hopefully I'm saying that right. 
Tesla Motors is now just Tesla. Um, this makes sense because Tesla doesn't make cars only. They, they, they don't only make cars. They make batteries. They make cars. They make solar roofs. They make power walls. They make power packs. They even have a ride-sharing component uh, when the uh, fully autonomous vehicle uh, part of the car comes out. So this is a... This is a move that makes total sense. Apple took the Apple computers out of its name, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Maybe not quite that long ago. I think it was about that long ago, though. And they're doing a lot of other stuff that isn't computers, you know? So this makes sense for Tesla. We'll see what other fun things they're going to come out with. Um, for instance... They are currently still working. Elon Musk is not joking around with this digging a hole in the boring company thing. Um, I put a lot of articles, not a lot, maybe two articles on uh, the website. They're staged. They're not up yet. Tomorrow, sometime around noon Phoenix time, they'll be up of uh, these really cool pictures of the boring machine and uh, kind of what his plans are. But I didn't want to go into it here, even though I kind of am. Lucid Motors has been showing off its Lucid Air around San Francisco. Uh, this is attempt. This is an attempt at promotion. Uh, they're not really. They're not really uh, disputing that. So, there is a video of the Lucid Motors car that somebody put on YouTube, and I'll put that on the website. And the exterior of this car looks so good. The problem is. And this is what puts me off. The promotional videos that Lucid Air is putting out, they have two models. And if you remember, the Lucid Air has those seats that kind of recline back. There are two models fully get, you know, in full get up. They look gorgeous, but they're in full model get up hanging out in the back of that car. And it kind of puts me off a little bit. I think the car is sexy. I think the car is beautiful. I showed it to my oldest and she thought, she's like, oh my God, that's a beautiful car. And it is. It's a gorgeous car. However, the way they're kind of showing it off, it's a little douchey to me, and it's kind of off-putting. So I can't afford a $160,000 car. Probably never in my life will I be able to afford a $160,000 car. So they're not marking it towards me. However, it's a little off-putting to, let's say, quote-unquote, the common person. And I would put myself in that, obviously. Um... It's a $160,000 car. Good job. You made a $160,000 car. However, throwing two models that kind of look stuck up and snooty in the back of your car isn't really doing much for your image other than making you look like a pretentious car company. So I hope that Lucid Motors, that this was just, you know, this is just a one picture and they're not really going to show. Um, they're not going to continue with this kind of promotion that makes them look stuck up and pretentious because they have a really nice product and I think it's very beautiful. On the flip side, Tesla has a gorgeous car with um, that's very uh, it's beautiful on the inside, it's beautiful on the outside. The, the the electronics and the technology that goes into the car on a purely geek level is gorgeous, but they still have this uh, tangible like. Um, I say um a lot. I'm trying to stop that. They have this tangible, like, funness. They have this something about a, that's about a Tesla that, that's fun. It's whimsical. 
it isn't just a car. It is something, it's something that's more than a car. And with the Lucid Air, before they started doing all this promotion, it was, you know, it was a beautiful car. Now they start adding their narrative, which is apparently going to be for really rich and snooty and stuck up people. It kind of, in that aspirational level, because I can't afford a $60,000 car, and I can't afford a $160,000 car. But for me to aspire to want to someday own a Lucid Air, if it ever comes down into a price range that I can afford, it kind of puts, it's, it's off-putting. Does this, I hope this makes sense. Like, it doesn't make me feel like they're, I don't need to feel like they're the people's car, because that's, that's not really what I'm looking for. But I'm looking for a a a luxury car that isn't super pretentious. And for some reason, Tesla, even though they have cars that cost $160,000, there's a lot of fun built into Tesla's cars. The Easter eggs, like the Model X that the gold wing doors open up and they place holiday music and the lights go and the horn honks and all that good stuff. Those That's nice and that's whimsical and there's a, there's fun. There's something kind of mischievous wrapped into a Tesla. And the Lucid, they want to be very careful because if they want to compete with Tesla, they need to have a brand that is not, well, this is my opinion, they need to have a brand that is that can still be considered fun and not stuck up and pretentious because you don't want to be an a-hole who's driving a $160,000 car. On the other side, it doesn't really look like this car is built for the driver anyway. It's built for the jackass sitting in the back. So I'm still high on Lucid. I really, really, really hope this car comes out. I want them to succeed. I want them to be a great car company. I'm just a little concerned with where their marketing is going. Because if you want to brand yourself as a, as a douchebag car, you're really going the right direction. If you want to brand yourself as fun and whimsical, uh, look, take, take a note from Tesla. Anyway, putting all of that aside, it's a gorgeous car. Really, really would love Lucid to invite me out to their Arizona Casa Grande um, factory and just give me a ride. I don't even need to drive. I'll sit in the back. I'll sit in the back of one of those cars that doesn't even have the fancy back. I'm fine. Uh, so let's go through, uh, the first 255 Lucid Airs are special edition cars and people who want those ones put down $25,500 for a deposit, which to me is insane. That's what most people pay for a car. It's probably more than what most people pay for a car. I don't have, I don't have facts to back that up. Hold on. My throat's getting dry here. So... Everyone else, we'll just call those, you know, the unwashed masses. Everyone else has to put down $2,500 to have the right to buy a $160,000 Lucid Air. Having said that, I'm still super high on this car. I really hope it succeeds. I don't want to sound like a jerk. Jerk, jerk. I almost said dick. I don't want to sound like a jerk uh, because that's not really... Uh, how I want to portray myself on this podcast. It just, I don't know. Something about, I got really excited to look at the pictures, and then when I got done looking at it, I was like, ugh, this is pretentious. And I'm the king of pretension in my normal life. So if I say it's pretentious, it's pretty bad. 
So this next one is Electric by Fred Lambert. Tesla Software 8.1 update, the Tesla Software 8.1 update has been delayed. And this is the second delay. There was supposed to be one in December, one in the end of January, which is this is the second one. And now they're saying sometime in February. I'm not going to talk so much about how the, you know, what what's behind the delay. I'm, I'm because that's, that's, there's some technical things there and I don't know. I'm sure everybody in the audience is technical. I don't know how interesting it is, but I will say this. This is my personal experience. I have experience making apps. I'm not a programmer, but I have a really good friend who is a programmer, and we made two apps for the App Store. We made one called iBlizzard, where it just snows on your iPhone. That's all it does. And uh, I got the best review. Uh, this is a side note, but I got the best review off of that app off of any out of any other thing that I've ever done. And here is the review. I've deleted this. <laughs> I've deleted this app from my phone. I wish I could delete it from my brain. I thought that was. I get it. <laughs> it wasn't the best app ever. However, it was our first attempt, and it's better to have uh, people bust your um, nads because you tried something than to not try it at all. So. I'm very proud of that app. I'm also very proud of that review. It makes me laugh. The other app we did was called Flit, which was kind of like Twitter and Secret all kind of combined into one. And I won't bore you with what all it did, but it involved a lot of database work. It involved a lot of programming. It involved, there was a a lot of work for just two people. And Trapper, who is the guy who did the programming, he did 99% of the work. Um... I was a little bit of the mouthpiece and trying to, to drive downloads, but really, he was the workhorse. He did all of the work. I did very little, if anything, if I'm being honest, when it comes down to like when you sort it all out, who did the most work, it was him. But when we were working through bugs or when something would go down, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was very hard to keep this fairly simple app up and running. For, I don't know, I think we had about 2,500 people, and I'm sure Trapper will send me an email if I was wrong, but I think we had about 2,500 users during our peak. And then we shut it down because we just couldn't keep up with it, and it was getting too much to run. But, but yeah, that's... Um, so software is hard. So that little crappy app for the two of us, and I, and I say crappy... Not because I thought it was crappy. I loved it. I thought we did a great job with it. I wish we could have continued on. But that little crappy app, which was really didn't, isn't anything like what Tesla's trying to do. That was very hard for us to maintain, manage, and update. Putting that into that same experience into a, an automobile that has an operating system that's supposed to keep the car on the road. It's supposed to keep the wipers on or let the wiper... It's supposed to control the car's functions. It's supposed to keep the car on the road. It's supposed to. Um, it's supposed to work with the GPS and it's working with the entertainment system and it's working with the autopilot and blah blah blah. There's so many things that can go wrong. So many things that can go wrong and so many bugs that can happen. It's better even if they had to delay it three more times. It's better for them to release quality bug-free software than it would be to release something that's just a total nightmare and they have to pull it and, and roll it back because they released something before it was ready. 
most of the time um, in software, they they because it costs money to develop software, they say let's go ahead and release early, and then we'll we'll patch it as we go. I I don't even know if that's most of the time, a lot of the time, but that's probably not so true when your operating system for your car controls whether or not somebody could potentially die or not. So if you own a Tesla and you're waiting for this 8.1 update, it's probably okay you wait a little bit longer. It's not going to be a big deal. Let's see here. Next story, Tesla. Oh, I'm sorry. Tesla Roddy from Steve Hanley. The Insurance Insurance Institute for Highway Safety found the model as uh, driver's seat seat driver's seat belt allowed the driver's body to connect with the steering wheel during the small overlap front crash test. And if you don't know what that is, I'm going to include a video in the app, uh, on the website on the Kilowatt website showing all the information. It's really good from the high, national from the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety. They did a little video showing where the Tesla failed and why they gave it the rating they gave it. Um, So that little contact between the driver's body and the steering wheel cost the Model S a good rating. Instead, they got an acceptable rating. Now, why is that important? Because a good rating would get the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety top safety pick, and that's something they want because that helps them sell cars. Um, there was also some concern of lower leg injuries during the same test. Um, okay, so I've mentioned this several times and probably bored a ton of people, but I'm a firefighter, and I've seen tons and tons of crashes. And it is very weird how some people walk away from crashes and some people don't. But if, you you know, just think about your 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 upper body. You have all your vital organs... And then, you know, you have your, and that's in your chest area. And then in your abdomen, you have your lower intestine and your stomach and your upper intestine and all that other good stuff crammed into that little cavity. So if you hit that steering wheel, that's basically, you are getting, let's say you get hit from behind or even from the front, you are getting slammed into that steering wheel. You're, you're, the car is making a sudden rapid stop. So your body and everything and your guts and everything's moving forward. It hits that steering wheel and it causes a lot of damage internally. I've been on calls where someone has been in a similar accident and the offset is like driver. It's like right about the, the test they're talking about is right about where the driver's wheel is. Um, and then in probably two or three feet. So it's just kind of like just this little offset hit. I've been in car, or I've been in uh, been car wrecks where somebody has been in a similar wreck and they're talking to you all the way up into the point where you extricate them from the car. And for whatever reason, after that adrenaline dump has ceased to exist for them, they just, whoo, they swirl and they start to crash. And that is a very scary situation to be in, not only for the patient, but also for the rescuer. So, um, Tesla is taking this very seriously, as they should, because that's a common crash. It's basically if somebody just kind of crosses over into your lane, boom, you've just hit them. It's a common crash. Um, Tesla's making sure to correct the issue. And once they've corrected the issue, the National, the Institute, 
Insurance Institute of Highway Safety, they'll go ahead and retest the car. Um, and as far as the lower leg, leg injuries go, you know, you can, you can, your knees can hit the dash and you can blow out your pelvis. You can break your, uh, femur, you can break your kneecaps. Um, you know, the femoral artery runs right there. If you, um, dissect your femoral artery, you are pretty much looking at just bleeding out and dying. Um, so there's lots of bad things. You don't want to break your femur because that really hurts. I've never done it. But the people that have gone on that have broken their femur, it doesn't look like it's comfortable. It's ugly. Even on a closed break, it's ugly. And I wouldn't want that to happen. Closed break means it doesn't break the skin. On open ones, it's nasty. On closed ones, it looks even worse because it doesn't break the skin, but you can see the deformity. Anyway, that's not this weekend. Gross everybody out. Um, but the, I'll put the video on the website. Take a look at it. It's super cool. Uh, okay, so the, the next couple of things here is th these are worth mentioning. So Elon Musk and Donald Trump. There are a lot of articles. I'm going to take a drink real quick. I used my last little bit of bourbon for this podcast, so hopefully it lasts. Elon Musk and Donald Trump. There are a lot of articles out there, and they're talking about how Elon was on the transition team, how Elon, Ben, you notice I'm saying Elon, was on the transition team, how he's on the council for manufacturing or something like that. Anyway, he's playing a big role in the Trump administration. There are some people out here who are calling for Elon to resign and not be on or anywhere near the Trump administration, beyond uh, anything that Trump's doing. Um, there are people out there that think he should be condemned and not worked with. And I'm, kind of, I'm on Elon's side on this. If you, are, if you have an opportunity to have a seat at the table for someone that you may not necessarily agree with their politics, however, they do seem to be able to be someone that can be swayed it seems like and i'm this is only from the outside but it seems like donald trump if the whoever's the last person to talk to him before he makes a decision it kind of seems like that's the decision that gets make made so if donald trump trusts elon musk i trust elon musk and i don't think that elon's gonna say hey let's go ahead and just drill for more oil let's go ahead and all these things that i've been fighting for personally I'm going to put those aside because I want to be your buddy. I don't think he's going to do that. I do think that Elon Musk has the president's ear. I think that Elon Musk has the... Um, I think he's doing this for the right reasons. I don't think he's doing it for any... Um, really any selfish reasons other than he wants more electric vehicles. He wants more renewable energy. Um, you know... There's there's lots of things going on in the United States right now. And having somebody that's close to the president that has reasonable thoughts, because Elon does, um, he doesn't, the things that he talks about are, are usually well thought out and he doesn't just usually react. Having somebody close to the president that has these, you know, well thought out arguments is not a bad thing. I don't want more people hanging out with Donald Trump that are like Donald Trump. I don't want more people hanging out with Donald Trump that don't have the best interest of um, 
me at heart, to be honest with you. Um, Donald Trump is a billionaire. I am not a billionaire. Donald Trump and I have nothing in common other than uh, we both have, you know, white skin, kind of. I have white skin. He has orange skin. And we breathe. And that's it. That's where it ends. Uh, if you want to go so far as that he's married, I'm married. My wife is gorgeous, but my wife was not an international model. My wife is a very pretty woman, and I don't think anybody can deny that if you've seen her. Um, but, you know, wasn't a model. I've not been married several times. I don't have multiple kids for multiple women. You know, I have three kids. One's really my niece. That's the oldest. And two that are actually mine. So I don't, there's nothing, like, I don't live in his world, and he doesn't live in my world. And I do not think for one second that what he's doing has anything to do, has any regard for people like me. However, there are some things that my, that my, my family might benefit from, from, like, taxes and things like that. I'm going kind of off on a rant here. The point is, I'm not here to, to bash Donald Trump. I am here to say that if you think that Elon Musk advising the president of the United States is a mistake, I say, who then? Who would you rather him do that? Would you rather uh, some guy that worked at, uh, let's say, Exxon or for you know some big coal company two weeks ago advise him? I mean, because it's probably or currently working at a coal company or some oil company. It, they're probably not going to advise him for things that I think would benefit us. And again, I'm a libertarian. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a, not a um, Democrat. So I don't really have, I don't fall into those two roles, really. Um, I am a reasonable person with reasonable thoughts. So if you think that it's a mistake, really kind of think about the alternative. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. And I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, because it's very hard to talk about politics without pissing people off. That's not my goal here. My goal is to create a program that's somewhat entertaining and, and inform, informs you. So let's move on. Tesla is grandfathered in to sell their cars in Indiana. So they were Indiana was trying to shut down the way Tesla sells their cars, which is effectively at um, malls. They don't sell it through a dealer. They, it's a direct sale. And this is going on. We, we just talked about Missouri a couple weeks ago. This is going on all around the country. Um, I, I personally don't see... I don't... I mean, I see why the dealers are caught... I see why the dealers are, are, are up in arms about this. However, for me as a buyer, this goes back to what benefits me and people like me. For me as a buyer, I know that a Tesla costs what a Tesla costs. I'm not going to get any deals on it. It's going to cost what it costs. If I use somebody's promo code, I might get a, I'd get $1,000 off. But in general, the car is going to cost whatever it costs. The, um, when we bought our car, the sales staff was really nice. The general or the uh, manager that we talked to, sales manager we talked to, was very nice. We bought our last car in July. However, it was still an all-day thing. It was not fun. 
they were really nice and they were really good to us and it was still not a fun process it is not something that i like doing if i could buy my car on the internet i pay what i pay they deliver it to me we're all good that's awesome don't have to leave my house don't have to have my kids sitting in a showroom all day because we had to drive 25 miles away from where we live so that we could get the best deal at this Chrysler dealership. You know, it's uh, just as a general rule. And again, the, the, I was not treated bad from the dealership that I bought my car from. But I have been treated bad from other dealerships. And I did work for one dealership, a Mazda dealership in Phoenix, which will not be named where I did not have very high opinions of those people. And when they asked me how things were going, I didn't, I, I gave them, I told them exactly how I thought things were going. And then I was told, okay, see you later. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's, that doesn't pay to be honest. Uh, what I'm saying is I think the way that Tesla does it is the kind of the way that the future, it is going to be the way that all cars are going to be sold. Dealers have kind of screwed themselves. A lot of them are working to repair that damage but by and large, they've screwed themselves. So I don't feel bad. These are all worth mentioning that we're only supposed to beat a couple of seconds. So I'm going to move on quickly. In Ontario, Canada, if you are going to buy an EV or a hybrid, you can get a $14,000 EV incentive. This is not necessarily new. But the big news is uh, for potential Tesla owners, because up until recently... If you bought a car between $75,000 and $150,000, which is most Teslas, you only got a $3,000 incentive. Now, you get the full $14,000 incentive, which is awesome. Good on you, Canada. Let's see. And then, okay, so this goes back to the Donald Trump, Elon Musk thing. Some Model 3 owners, new article, some Model 3 owners are... Um, canceling their reservations, their Model 3 reservations, because Elon Musk is helping out Donald Trump. Again, this is dumb. If you think that Donald Trump is going to change Elon Musk, that, that's, is, that's silly. He's not going to change Elon Musk's opinions or who he is as a person. So if you've supported Elon Musk and you bought a Model 3 because you're supporting Elon Musk, he's still Elon Musk. Don't cancel your, your thing. Unless you don't want the car, then cancel it. But if you're canceling it for this reason, that's silly. Um, and then Faraday Future, they're going to scale back their North, La North Las Vegas factory. Uh, it's going to be now 650,000 square feet. And I think this was an electric and they called it a mini factory. Although 650,000 square feet, it's a pretty good size. It's not that big for a factory. Um, and the plant should be finished in August. And I hope, I, I have no doubts that that Faraday future executives did not listen to the podcast but I hope they 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 do what I said last episode which was basically make a good car that doesn't have all the crap that they thought would be effective in it I won't I won't re go over that because we were kind of running long anyway and then finally Tesla's uh, Q4 2016 financial report will be held on February 22nd um, I'm scheduled to do this podcast. Let me see. Wait, that's January. So yeah, I'm scheduled to do this podcast on February 24th. So, um, the first financial, 
uh, earnings podcast I did went very long and it took a long time. So I think uh, during the on the 24th of February, it'll just be the Tesla earnings and I'm not going to do any news that day. On the third, which is the next week, I have some I have something planned for all day, and I can't I can't do a podcast that day. But I'm going to release the podcast on the fifth, which is a Sunday. Just so as you know, that's going to be a little late, and as we get closer, I'll mention that again. But that is the whole podcast, and I appreciate everybody sticking around and listening to my rants. Um, who knew at twelve fifty three at night? Instead of being quiet and solemn and sleeping, that I would I would rant longer than I normally would. And hopefully I didn't say uh too much. Man, when I listened to my last podcast, listen back, because I don't usually listen to them. I'll, I'll give a cursory, this is, you know, are all the levels good? And does sound show up when you play the, the file? And I said us uh, so many times last podcast that I actually thought about going through and deleting each individual uh. I felt terrible. I breathed. I was breathing like a freaking monster, and I was saying uh, and I was like, good God, how can people listen to this? But for some reason, 62 of you downloaded just the last episode, and uh, thank you. That's pretty good for a week. I'm really impressed. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Well, let's go to... How you can contact me. Um, see, there you go. I said it like again, like a total idiot. You can email me, Bodie at 918digital.com. That's B O D I E at 918digital.com. You can hit me up at Twitter at 918digital, and some people have done that. And thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. You can call and leave a message and talk about how crappy my ramblings were. At 918-401-0071. Prove me wrong, correct me, whatever you need to do. Praise me. That'd be awesome too. You can go to kilowatt.bz and uh, see all the articles that I talked about today and then uh, all the articles that I didn't get to. And I update that once a week. Uh, leave a review wherever you get your podcast because that really helps. Um, we have sticker packs and the Valentine's packs are coming soon. I'm working on those. Uh, I have another podcast called Oblivious where I just kind of talk about cool things. I'm going to talk about the puppet theater on the next episode. So, you know, if you don't like puppet theaters, it's probably one to skip. Uh, and that's it. That's the whole thing. I really appreciate everybody that supports the show. You guys are awesome. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I will talk to you next Friday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.